Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome on in. I am Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, before we get started, the third round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering up players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to ten grand in total prizes up for grabs each day, and the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. Again, that's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Laura, before we get this one started, you know what I got to do? Hmm. I got to crack open a nice brew dog cannon blast, courtesy of my friend DK2S underscore sweet. I, I don't know if I've ever caught your real name, friend. So this one's for you. I know you're a big fan of the, of the design of the can, but not much of one for the logo. So this one's for you. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to do that on the show. <laughs> I just had one sitting in my fridge. I saw that tweet and I was like, well, I'm going to save that until until this this recording. So, Laura, we got some Blue Jackets news going on. We got some, some things happening behind the bench. Uh, you know, we've got some fun little exercises that we ran with our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. It's going to be a good one today. Absolutely. And I think to get started, we need to talk about some moves that the Blue Jackets have made um, as they are building um, Lars's coaching staff. Uh, today, they made the official announcement that Pascal Vincent will be joining uh, Lars's staff as an associate coach. Um, he is currently the head coach for an AHL team. Um, and yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting news. We got our, got our first piece uh, to our new coaching staff. It's funny because with every hire, we lose hair follicles. It's really wild, um, <laughs> but we love it anyway. Yeah, former coach of the Manitoba Moose, which here's the thing that's interesting to me, and maybe I'm just like, this isn't really actually any news, but who is an, who is an assistant coach for the Manitoba Moose? Do you know? No. Pierre-Luc Dubois' father, so... At least he was. Oh. Remember, like, at the trade, that's what everybody talked about. They were like, oh, well, his dad is the coach of the Moose, so, like, this is, like, why? And everybody's like, yeah, okay. Um, but, no, I think this is a really cool move. I A lot of people really respect him, um, so I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the equation here in Columbus. 
a lot of really good points being made, one of which specifically is all of the work that he's put in on Jack Roslevic. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see them be able to, uh, you know, you know, reunite. Uh, and then also a familiarity with Patrick Line. Of course, Patrick Line never really playing in the NHL or AHL, of course. But, but yeah, some familiarity there that I think is going to be welcomed on both sides. Well, and I think to add to that point, it's also going to be good to see his dedication to the Blue Jackets and to this role because it was also released today that he was also a candidate that they interviewed for the head coaching position. Um, he interviewed, he did two interview rounds um, with Yarmo and the hiring committee, and they liked him so much. Um, they told Lars about him. Lars read over his resume, all this sort of stuff. Um, and they liked him so much that they wanted to ask if he would take on um, this associate coach role. And I think that shows a lot to be willing to sign on to this juncture when, you, you know, after, a, you know, interviewing for the lead position. Um, so I think that that means that points to him, you know, really thinking that he can do some good stuff here, that he is behind um, what Yarmo and everyone is putting together. So I think that speaks that speaks volumes to to his decision to join on. Well, and I think it's just interesting too to your point about the Blue Jackets having hired him for the for the head role is just it is fascinating to know all these names that like I never would have thought that are a part of the search. It makes you wonder who else was a part of it that we just haven't haven't really heard. I mean, I know the only person that's really safe to say was not involved in the search was John Tortorella, and other than that, other than that, it is a lost cause, which. This is kind of a tangent, but I don't think he's going to get a job. Like, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to get a job to start. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, the only two jobs that haven't been filled to this point are um, are Buffalo and uh, Arizona. I they've been the Arizona oh they've been the Arizona Coyotes for so long, and yet I still call them the Phoenix Coyotes half the time. Um, but I don't see him landing in either of those places, and I doubt that Montreal isn't going to bring back Ducharme to be their head coach next year because the Montreal Canadiens are in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> and their coach isn't even there. He just FaceTimes with them. So, no, I mean, maybe Torts is okay with that. Maybe he's going to take some time off and, you know, enjoy a little bit. Maybe he'll go back to – I mean, I, I don't see him doing this, but, like, maybe he'll go back to coaching and – the AHL, maybe. <laughs> Jeremy just almost spit out his beer as I was saying that. Because, because listen, when everybody's like... I'm just listing options. John Tortorella is always given so much shit for being so bad with young players. And it's like, hey, John, wait, great idea. <laughs> maybe they want to go over to Europe for a little while and he goes over there. Who knows? Um, maybe he joins the front office somewhere. Um or yeah, maybe he just takes some time off and you know enjoys it for a little bit. Do you want to know my torts prediction? Hmm. I think he's going to get hired by either ESPN or TNT. I think he's going to do the analyst thing because he was an, he was an in studio analyst after his Vancouver Canucks stint. Like he like he had some time you know behind the desk, and I think people liked him as an analyst. So, which how could you not right? Like I mean, like he's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking, and that's oftentimes going to be hysterical. So. I mean, I would enjoy it because it would mean that we could see him more regularly. And could you imagine, like, I know the Blue Jackets will only have, like, two nationally televised games, 
But like, can you imagine <laughs> Tortorella doing like the intermission report? He's just like, fucking guy sucks. This guy. <laughs> I, I was right about that Patty guy. Or he's like, huh, that kid did have potential. Who knew? That just is so funny. But, um, you know, speaking of potential, I want to talk about something that died. Um, that's so dark. That's such a quick transition. But uh, Aaron Portsline reporting that the Blue Jackets are no longer in on Jack Eichel. Uh, how do you feel about that? I, I know very clearly how I feel, but I want to give you some space. I am 1000% okay with this. I understand that there are many, many, many Blue Jackets fans that are upset about the fact that we are seemingly out of the running for Jack Eichel. Um, but I think if you, you know, read the, the article that Aaron Portsline wrote, like, we'd be all about it if he was happy and healthy. But he's neither of those things right now. So we would be taking on a disgruntled player who needs neck surgery. And it's June. The season starts in October. So, yeah, Jack Eichel, great dude, awesome player. Would it be great to potentially have him on the Blue Jackets? Yes, but we're both he as a player and we as a team are not in a place right now to take him on. And he probably wouldn't even play for a whole season because of this neck issue. Well, and Darren Jagger said, like, I don't know if you saw this tweet today, but he was like, I just don't believe Columbus is actually out of it. How could you be out of it this early? And I think you're exactly right. Like, from what I was reading, the reported asking price would have been uh, the fifth overall pick, which doesn't surprise me. But the fifth overall pick, uh, then either Texier or Peak, which, again, I'm not, like, hating this so far if it's Texier. Like, I like I don't think – you can't trade Peak knowing full well that that's your best defensive prospect and you're getting ready to offload Seth Jones. And then somebody from this whole, like, I believe it was, like, Chinnikov, like, like that whole, like, the Russians plus, like, some of the other, like, I think Foodie might have been included, but maybe not. I'm not entirely sure. And some people saying, like, oh, and Elvis Merzlikens, by the way. Yeah, sorry. That was, like, the part that hurt me the most, and I was about ready to forget it. Maybe it's because I repressed it. But, no, that's so not worth it. Like, to me, like, I don't know. To me, that's not worth it. To trade away all of those things for a player that probably won't play. If he does play, he won't play until the second half of the season. And who knows what we will be, where we will be at that point. He's a huge, like, he's a pretty major cap hit. And he's not happy right now. Yeah, I mean, I just, one would have to wonder, like, is he happy just to get out of Buffalo and, and then he's automatically happier? But, like, to the to that point it's like there is the speculation and talk of the blue jackets front office also having some sort of a disconnect from the players so it's like can i also just say this this is a tangent but every time somebody brings up the locker room being renovated um as a way for the front office to like reach out as an olive branch to the to the players it is so funny to me it gives me so much divorced parent reaching out to the children to make sure that the children know that they still love them vibes Mm -hmm. i just it's like yeah okay like what (laughs) like like, here you go shut up (laughs) i mean 
as as I am a child of divorce, I relate to that entirely. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a weird thing to be like, look, guys, we're updating your clubhouse. How about um, this? How about this? Just pay them what they deserve and don't like be a dick about it. <laughs> like, how about that instead of new carpet? Okay, you hear me? Yarmo, take notes. I don't know if you're listening. Or, but. How about you ask the NHL to like not have their stupid pants approval policy and make them happy by letting them wear the blue ones with their away jerseys. <laughs> they all really liked the blue pants. That seems like it could be a morale booster. It's kind of like wear your jeans to the office Friday. It's just exactly. like <laughs> wear your blue pants with your white jerseys. <laughs> Oh my God, we are disheveled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. It's just like with Jack Eichel specifically too. I, you know that to get better, you're gonna have to to probably part with things, right? Like, even if the idea is to get better by rebuilding, you're gonna have to part with things such as Seth Jones. Uh, you know, like depending on what's going on with Patrick Line. Although I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that he's probably gonna get a one year contract just to see what happens this year. Um, you know, like you're going to part with those pieces to get the other things to make you better in the future. Same as if you're trying to play, like be competitive now, right? Like you're going to sacrifice the future and, and we've been here and we've done that and it puts you in a position where you're at now. And it's like, okay, like if we continue to do this, if we continue to use this model of like, okay, scorched earth, let's get rid of every prospect that we, I mean, like, cause this is no shade to anybody who's in the Blue Jacket system, but if you get rid of Andrew Peak, who is who? Name the defensive prospect right now for the Columbus Blue Jackets whose name isn't Andrew Peak. We don't have one. Exactly. Like I'm pulling the trigger. Like what? Like I I don't know. Like it's just so ludicrous to to believe. And so obviously it's possible to recuperate some of that in a Seth Jones trade, but it's just mind boggling to me to even consider. And, you know, I, I will not be surprised if the blue jackets try to make a trade for Sam Reinhart, uh, who is uh, usually referred to as like the second line center for the Buffalo Sabres filled in quite a bit when Jack Eichel was hurt and is, is pretty good. I mean, he's an RFA this off season. So a deal needs to be done there. But again, he's somebody who wants out of Buffalo. And honestly, who doesn't? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's entirely possible that the Blue Jackets do that. But I also saw a tweet, and it was so true, where it's like I've never known the Blue Jackets to be very public about about the moves that they're trying to make. I've just never felt that that was our mo. I mean, when the Blue Jackets traded for Artemi Panarin, everybody was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like, same with uh, the trade when we acquired Brandon Saad, it was even like a, what do you mean? Like that we just got Brandon, like it just like didn't make any sense. Like, and at the same time, it ends up being some of the best work that Yarmo does. And it reminds me too of, do you remember, oh God, I don't even remember what off season it was or not off season, what trade deadline. The Blue Jackets were rumored to be in on Andreas Antonisio mm -hmm. and it was pretty much like a done deal. Like everybody was like the Blue Jackets are trading for Antonisio and then like we just didn't. I think it was Edmonton. I think it was, 2020s trade deadline 
before the bubble, like before well, all that happened. Yeah. And so, and everybody was like, they're, they're in on him. They're in on him and they're making the trade and they did it. And I just think this front office moves in silence, except for when players are like, get me the fuck out. I'm not sure we did anything at that trade deadline. Is that not when we traded Sonny Milano for Devin Shore? It feels like that's when that no, happened. Yeah, and that was a wash because Devin Shore was not great. But, but hey. now Devin Shore, I mean, he re-upped in, um, in Edmonton. Like, they like him out there. I mean, he, he played okay, I think, for the most part out there. I mean, obviously, he wasn't like, you know. Yeah, I mean, me, but. no skin off anyone's nose here, I don't think. And, you know, everyone has their opinions on Sonny, so... But I want to see him succeed. I just don't think he will in the NHL, and that's sad because I actually like, I do like him. I think I think the way that things happened in Columbus just sucked. Also, the assault thing. I don't remember. Okay, well, maybe he's not. Do you remember that? Yeah, he beat up a guy outside of a bar. I just. Anyway. We this is funny. This is like the first podcast I think ever that I texted Laura before the podcast. I was like, okay, here's our list. We're off of it. Like we've gone off the reservation. Like we never do that. We never plan. And I'm now I'm understanding why, right? Like we are who we are. That is correct. So to try to, and we'll see how well this goes. Um, the Blue Jackets are out on Eichel, of course. Sad for for some folks, but the one thing that we know for sure is going to happen during this off season, at least I hope is that the blue jackets are going to trade Seth Jones. And so we decided being the new, the newbies to the uh, hockey podcast network that we are, that we are going to assign some homework to our, our friends over at the network. Uh, so we've got some, some contributor, Oh, some contributors <laughs> to the podcast today. Uh, we asked them to send us their team's proposal for Seth Jones. And this is fun. Like, I hope that we get a chance to do this a little bit more often and engage some of the other shows in the network because I'm loving, I'm loving the brain trust that we've got over there. Yeah, me too. It was very fun to see um, some of the people who we haven't yet interacted with uh, send us some suggestions and uh, kind of really tap into that resource that we now belong to. Um, so yeah, so let's get started to chit chat about some of these potential trade situations for our once star level defenseman, Seth Jones. And Laura, like I mentioned when we did our live stream, me having power over the ticker is a dangerous thing, but I do have power over it. So we're going to run it across the, the bottom of the screen here and we're going to, we're just going to talk about it. So I want to start first with our friends over at WCBP, the Windy City Benders podcast. Our friend Jerem sent this over. Uh, I want to talk about this first. So this would have the Blue Jackets receiving defenseman Adam Boquist, uh, potentially the rights to forward Pia Suter, the 2021 first overall pick. So Chicago's first overall, nope, first round pick, 11th overall. <laughs> um, and a 2022 a second round pick, which is conditional of Seth Jones re-signing in Chicago. 
if he does not re-sign in Chicago, that bumps down to a third-round pick in 2022. Laura, what are your thoughts about what our friends over at WCP, oh, WCBP sent over to us? Well, I mean, obviously with losing Seth Jones and we lost David Savard at the trade deadline, um, you know, and a lot of our other defensemen are still on the fence or still growing or still need contracts. Michael Blazato, um, which side note, I thought it was funny that the team wished him a happy birthday yesterday. And I was like, wanted to be like, you know, it'd be a great gift, a contract. Um, but you know, so we definitely need to add some defensive pieces, um, to keep us stable and keep us going, potentially even finding another line partner for Zach, um, since he will be without his buddy, um, permanently, but I don't think this is a terrible option. Like, I think Chicago is probably a place that Seth would feel like you know, similarly to the Artemi Panarin situation where you want to go and play in a bigger city, blah, 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 blah. Chicago is like a big deal. You know, their arena is a big deal. Their fans are a big deal. Um, but, you know, so I'm okay with this one. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I like, I do like Boquist being involved in this one. I think that um, it would be funny because to your point about, you know, Zach needing a friend, uh, Boquist was, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, drafted eighth overall in 2018. Zach Wierenski, of course, drafted eighth overall by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2015. And so, uh, you know, a fascinating little coincidence there. Yeah, I don't hate this. I I think you can get more uh, than this personally um but even as i'm saying that if you'll remember like pia Suter started the season pretty strong in chicago was scoring quite a few goals and uh plays uh center ice so i think pia Suter is probably a piece of that trade that is just as palatable to the blue jackets as adam boquist would be and so i Putting on my Yarmo cap, I this is one that I, I would hear and I would not hang up right away. I would definitely consider this one. Uh, so, Jeremy, you've got a good a good offer here. I think I think this might be able to get it done. So, uh, I'll tell you what. But if it does get done, like I just don't see us drafting four times in the first round. I mean, great uh, great for our development. Like uh, it is great for our development. But I just like don't see Yarmo doing that. Like I could even see him trying to, to do something to try to get, uh, you know, a pick, ne- a first round pick next year when uh, a draft that a lot of people have considered to be a stronger draft than this one. So we shall see. All right. So Laura, are you ready for, for our next one? Yes. All right. We've got a couple from our all-star Neil Villapiano from the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So thank you, Neil. He's, he, he sent us over a couple. He was generous. He gave us a couple of options. So, Laura, uh, I'm going to go through both of the options, and then we're going to pick which of the options we would take between the two of us. So the first option is that the Blue Jackets receive forward Jesper Boquist. You might remember that last name. That's Adam Boquist's brother. I laughed so hard when Jerem sent me the <laughs> – Adam Boquist trade because I was just like, okay, we got both of them involved. The 2021 first round pick from the 
uh, New York Islanders. And so uh, that's going to be anywhere from pick 29 to pick, well, I guess 28, if you consider the fact that Arizona is not going to pick in the first round, anywhere from 28 to 31. And so, you know, not going to be like a a great pick necessarily, especially when you consider the fact that we're going to have a pick back there anyway when we're acquiring both this pick and then we have the, the lightning pick. Uh, and then a 2022 fourth round and a 2022 – oh, two 2022 fourth rounds, excuse me. One of them being the Oilers and then one of them being the Islanders. And then the Devils would receive none other than Seth Jones. Uh, so then we'll go ahead. Our second option here from Neil is a th- – this one's a blockbuster. This People would talk about this forever. So um, – P.K. Subban, uh, and you've got New Jersey retaining 50% of his salary. So that ends up being about four and a half. I think his, I think his uh, salary cap is about – or cap hit is about nine. Uh, also including Esper Boquist in this one. Uh, Nolan Foote is included. A 2021 first-round pick from the Isles again. But then also the 2022 second – or first-round pick from the Devils. So we're picking up some capital in 2022. I – I laugh in the face of somebody who picks number one. And if you pick number one, Laura, I apologize. But number two, you got to go with number two here, don't you? Oh, 100% you go with number two in this situation. Um, personally speaking, I love P.K. Subban as a person. I think he is awesome. He is in the last year of his contract, so we would be going up against the situation of he's an older player. Uh, would he re-sign when he becomes a UFA again next summer? Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But it would be kind of fun to see him, you know, wearing a blue jacket sweater. Um, I think he's a great guy. I think he would be another personality that's great for the team. He's a player that people recognize. Um, So again, back to my marketing experience, it's like totally on board with players who have personality and are like well-known because it draws more people in. Um, the other reason I would want to pick this is not only for the obviously an additional first round in 2021 and 2022, but to see the anger on Jeremy's face every time the foot play <laughs> foot comes and plays and wears a jersey for the Blue Jackets. <laughs> I don't know, Neil, if you did this on purpose, but you are sick. If you did it on purpose, I, the idea of seeing the last name of foot, the government surname foot on the back of a Columbus blue jackets Jersey ever again is blasphemistic. It is disgusting. I would rather, Oh my gosh. I don't even know what I would rather. Like, it's just absolutely appalling. Like I would rather them reintroduce boomer and then take boomer away again. than like, I would rather feel that pain then feel the pain of the Columbus Blue Jackets employing a member of Adam Foote's family. Uh, I still would take this trade. I still would do it. In fact, actually, if I was Yarmo Kekalainen, I would say, as a matter of fact, I will give you a third-round draft pick from me. So that way I don't have to take on that bastard. I would rather do that than have to worry about it. And I still think to this day my favorite thing about this season – was it wasn't Nolan Foot? I don't know his first name. I don't give a fuck about his first name. I don't care to know his first name, as a matter of fact, because his blood is tainted and it's disgusting. I would rather, or no, excuse me, that's still the highlight of my season, was seeing um, 
Uh, who was it that whooped his ass? Who was it that like knocked out the oh. lightning player and then he just like went to town on foot afterward? It's Calfoot. Fuck, I remembered. It's Calfoot. But who yeah. who went to town on him? I'm sending them a fucking Christmas card. I want to say it was like it wasn't was it Lettinen? It was somebody who came into the fold, but I don't think it was Lettinen. It was somebody who had not been in town for long, I don't think. But maybe I'm making that up. I can't remember. It's been so long since we've watched Blue Jacket Hockey. So, um, I'm Googling. So if you want to go ahead oh, with, sure. with the rest of the um, feedback, I will be Googling this. But yeah, I mean, personally, I would just enjoy the rage that would be, you know, that would just flow from Jeremy um, at the idea of another foot playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets. How did I forget? Was it? Wait, who was it? Stefan Mateau. <laughs> oh, how could you forget? Stefan Mateau, you're a number one, my friend. <laughs> Speaking of unrestricted free agents for the Columbus Blue Jackets, get that man re-signed. I said that. I just said that on this podcast because of how much I hate the Foot family. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, this pick makes, or this trade makes so much sense because... You know, obviously you're getting you're getting some depth at forward with Jesper Volquist and with Nolan Foot. Um the first round draft picks in and of itself are enough to make this the best trade offer that I think we received. But well, maybe the exception of the next one we'll talk about, because it's also a pretty solid one. But it's just yeah, I I mean, and it's no I don't know. Like, it's not no disrespect to anybody who's ever been drafted in the fourth round, but like to have two 2022 fourth round picks next year, that's great. But like, give me, give me more first round picks. It's on our side. I'm heated. I'm fucking sweating. I'm like mad. I didn't realize. I know when I first got this, I told you that I was going to go off about this, but. Neil, that's good content, my friend. Everybody, make sure you listen to the Devil State of Mind podcast. Uh, <laughs> so moving on, P.K. Subban is a Columbus Blue Jacket. Um, we're going to go now to our friend Carter from the Quack Report, the Anaheim Ducks podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, sending over uh, this trade for us, Jamie Drysdale, who is – the uh, Anaheim Ducks, he was drafted six overall last year in the 2020 uh, entry draft. And this year's 2021 first round pick, third overall. That's, I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy to say, but the difference between third overall and fifth overall can can sometimes be pretty drastic. And so the idea of having a third round or the third overall pick and the fifth overall pick is, is pretty scary and it's pretty scary in a pretty cool way. Yeah, I agree. And I think it gives Yarmo some more bartering with the first round picks that we do have knowing that he can automatically get the third pick. And then if he wants to, you know, he could use the fifth round for a trade um, or, you know, any sort of thing like that, it would really put us in a, a good position to get a much higher level prospect. And, you know, Drysdale is young, but we, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets, we love a young player. Um, so let's see. And 
hell, Seth can go live life in California. So, you know, it is what it is. But I think this would be a good deal. I mean, obviously, it's not as much stuff as um, we would be getting from some of the other options that were sent to us. But, you know, to get that third pick um, would be pretty sweet. Well, and I also have to say, like, Jamie Drysdale has, like, a lot of promise in this league. So it's also, like, you could be getting somebody who is a pretty solid, stable to your blue line. And so I, I do like this. I think the other thing that I didn't really touch on enough in that last trade because I was so mad about Nolan Foot is the idea of, of getting the, the first-round pick from the Devils in 2022. Unless the Devils do something drastic – in the off season. I, I know they were playing hurt last year and I don't want to discount that, but like it is. And, and this is like, as we know, getting out of the Metro and making the playoffs from that division, it's tough. And while I think you're going to see some teams regress, like I don't know that the devils are going to make the playoffs next year. And so that could end up being a lottery pick. And so the idea of having a lottery pick next year on top of face it, like possibly two lottery picks, depending on, on, you know, how this season goes, because we might be competitive. Sure. But I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. So you're going to have a lottery pick. That's our own. I still think that's the route I go versus this Anaheim trade. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, you definitely get more pieces. And as I said previously on the podcast, like, we're looking at pieces that are going to help us over the next few years and not just instantaneously because we are in a rebuild, a retool, regroup, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, you know, so we need things that will continue to help us build. And I think a first round or either pick or a first round and an additional first round lottery potential lottery pick is a much bigger deal um, so yeah, I agree. I think that that would be a much more conducive situation to help us and be a little bit more equitable for the fact that we're sending away Seth Jones. Yeah, no, I agree. I think ultimately, so what we've learned today, one, We've got a lot of really great friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network. So just to shout them out again, make sure you give WCBP a follow and a listen, the Devil State of Mind podcast, and the Quack Report. Um, I think the I, I think Neil got it. I think Neil, I think Seth Jones, if these were the trades that were presented to me as um as Yarmokekaline and I would I would very much take that. And so, um, yeah, good work, y'all. Y'all got y'all are GMs in the making. You really are. And so, um, moving on now, Laura, to yes. some. This is like so. Like I don't really know how to jump from like trading Seth Jones to talking about. Um, well, I mean, all we can say is that we're gonna find some things out over the course of the next few weeks. Where within a month now of when the draft is going to happen. So, um, yeah, so a lot of different things are going to happen. And for the most part, most um, people who report on the Blue Jackets are saying that Seth will get traded by the deadline or by, 
by the draft. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting and wild and yeah. Well, I think you have to trade him before then. Like in my opinion, you obviously like don't have to trade him ever really, but like you have to trade him before then because you want to make sure that you can protect, uh, you know, an extra defenseman. You don't want to have to worry about having to protect Seth Jones in this upcoming expansion draft when in reality, you know, he's gone. Um, it just doesn't make sense really. I think it would be bad asset management at that point. So we shall see. I can't wait for us to do that episode. That episode is going to be tough. The expansion draft episode. Yeah. I mean, like I just like, I'm, I'm thinking, and this is almost as if we're having a business meeting. I'm thinking we're going to take a, we're going to both come to the table with our expansion draft list and we're going to fight about it. And I can't wait for that episode. Because you're probably going to do things that are hurtful to my feelings. I honestly don't think so. Like, I don't think in the way that you're thinking. Um, but, but yeah, I think, yeah, this is just going to be so much fun over the course of the next few months. This is why you're like, fun my ass. I love this part. Like, I think it's so much fun. I just, it, it's so interesting to watch a team rebuild. And, and that's what we're doing, folks. So um, you're going to want to make sure you're staying locked on subjectively speaking. Because... We're going to have a lot of good content, I hope. Um, which, speaking of subjectively content speaking, what? Hold on. <laughs> did I say subjectively content speaking instead of subjectively speaking content? You did, yes. I just don't know where my brain is. Um, I'll find it. Speaking of subjectively speaking content. There we are. Um we're we're recording episode 50 next week that's wild so let us know what you want to hear on that episode we've got some ideas in the back of our head already but definitely let us know and also make sure that you check out we're coming toward the end of june and june as you all know is pride month and as you all know laura and i do everything we can to make sure that this is a podcast that everybody feels welcome to listen to uh we want to make sure that we're inviting people into spaces that they feel comfortable in. And so if you are one of our listeners and you are a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, we hope you feel safe here. And one of the ways that we want to continue advocating for the safety uh, of LGBTQIA plus folks in the city of Columbus and, and really all over is by partnering with, and partnering might be a little, little <laughs> liberal of a term, but um, by donating all of the proceeds of our pride logo merchandise so that's anything that you buy with our pride logo whether that is a sticker you know a t-shirt you name it uh, all of that is going to be going to the kaleidoscope youth center in uh, columbus ohio they're doing a lot of really impressive and just important work in advocating for lgbtqia plus youth in the city of columbus you know providing resources counseling you name it to make sure that those those young young people feel really um, loved valued and supported in the city of columbus and so we're really excited to be to be contributing that way and laura we're gonna be matching what our wonderful fans do um so for every dollar that you all spend on our merchandise we will spend a dollar back to kaleidoscope youth center so make sure you get that merch laura you tell them where to find that well, yes, and you didn't say it, so I will remind them. This is sale or this um, 
campaign is going on until Saturday, July 3rd. Uh, we expanded it a little bit because we obviously didn't launch our merch store until the middle of June. Um, so obviously we would have wanted to be able to do it for the whole month. Um, so we added a few extra days, but you can find all of our merchandise, um, all of our incredible logos from our standard to our script, to our brand new Lars Bar lo logo. Um, and of course, our Pride logo on our merch website, which is subjectively speaking.threadless.com. You can also still get free shipping on orders over $45 um, through the 27th, which is this Sunday. And you can also follow us on social media for more updates, more information about campaigns um, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at subjectively speaking. Um, I just get our I did I did get it wrong <laughs> I, just, I just love this subjectively content speaking I just love it we are both just in a place today so yes so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod because I know our handles and then you can follow us on Facebook at subjectively speaking podcast um, where we love to interact with everyone. Uh, we've been on a pretty steady pace of posting things. Um, we've been posting when people have received their merch. So big shout out to anyone who has already placed an order. We cannot thank you enough uh, for supporting us. Ooh. And then you can, I don't know what's happening. And then you can also learn more about us on our website, which is subjectivelyspeaking.com. Um, you can read more about Jeremy and I, our hockey journey and our friendship on our website. Um, yeah. And as if I haven't spoken enough, you can also rate, review, and subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you are listening, especially for those of you listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down just a little bit, uh, leave us a five-star rating or a comment. It's been a minute, y'all, since we've gotten in another star rating or a comment. So be super great if you could do that, especially since we're approaching episode 50. Um, so yeah, I think that is all of the stuff. Jeremy, let me know if I missed anything. <laughs> I'm just realizing, like, with everything we release, whether it's a website, a merch store, you name it, like, a new social media, we're, like, giving you a Magna Carta of shit to have to say at the end of this podcast, and I am deeply apologetic. But you do it with such grace. You do it better than I would. I would never. I actually have never gotten it right when I do it. It's a rare occasion that I get that right. But what I'm hearing, Laura, is that you want us to get to 50 five-star reviews by our 50th episode. Could you imagine? That's that not what I said. And also that's not, I haven't even been able to get us to 20. I would just like one, one more. All right, y'all make Laura's day. Go ahead and give us that review. It can be a four-star review. Humble us. I prefer it's it as a five. Nothing lower than three. Yeah, because our numbers are pretty good. And so like, don't, don't be the guy who does it, like who ruins it. Um, but if you are, let us know what we can do better because we we are a podcast of the fans, as we said. Yes, but but thank you all for tuning in again. We're subjectively speaking, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings, and we cannot wait to talk to you all again next time. Bye.